I'm so attracted to you now, but it's more important that I'm actually interested in you. I did not know what was coming there. <laughs> I know you did But <laughs> I wasn't attracted to you when we first got together. Nah. It's not about the cars or the money or the height or the looks. It's about purpose. Like, that's just it. It's like, you were fine dating me, even though I didn't have a job, because you knew that we were always going to wake up together feeling purposeful. Mm-hmm. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we have how to put yourself out there for dating. That's right. So when we were out on the tour, out on the road, we did get a lot of questions about how do I find someone to date or to marry? And it's a hard question to answer, to be honest with you. It really is. So we have assembled here... A six-page document yeah. on our thoughts <laughs> yes. on how to put yourself out there to find someone who's a quality candidate yes. to marry. And I would like to say this is kind of how we found each other. So I don't think, you know, this is like the Bible of how to find someone. Sure. But this is one it, way to suggestions. do it. It's one way to exactly. do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Before we get started. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show and rate it on whatever platform you're listening on. We really appreciate your feedback. Really appreciate this community. And um, it's because of you that this show and this topic came to be. So keep letting us know what you want to hear. And let's just dive into it, shall we? Yeah. I think it should go without saying that dating is awkward and dating is weird. I'm actually really glad I don't have to date anymore. Do you think it's gotten harder or do you think we're just old? I think it's gotten a lot harder, honestly, because people meet through the screen anymore. And I feel like that gives a lot of people like confidence Mm. when it comes to like being a a keyboard dater. But you can also be whoever you want behind a screen. You don't actually have to be yourself. And so I think getting to that first date is a lot harder these days. Plus, we were talking to someone who was saying the other day that it's really easy to get consumed with like the grass is always greener vibe with dating apps and the internet because you can always just be swiping and swiping and swiping to look for someone who looks better, whose resume is better, whose profile is better when that's not reality. That's not like real life. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's probably gotten a little more complicated or the pool of candidates has grown because of the internet. So it, it makes feeling content with who you're with more difficult. But anyway, so if you feel like you're ready to meet someone, uh, but you don't know how to put yourself out there again, we've constructed this episode for you and maybe you've tried to put yourself out there in the Mm -hmm. past, but felt let down or awkward trying to meet someone, uh, because first impressions, let's be real, can be awkward Mm -hmm. and going on dates can be hard. Um, some people, some people love meeting strangers. Other people feel super on edge and like vulnerable. That would be me. I do not. I have a really hard time meeting strangers. It's not that I don't like to meet strangers, but I have a very hard time. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You are the opposite. You thrive in that environment. Um, First things first, if you are wanting to meet someone, you need to ask yourself, are you ready to date? Because I feel like people can be like serial daters where they're not really wanting to commit to anything. They're just wanting to like bounce around. Yeah. Or 
there's a whole those there's a whole range that we could talk about there. It's like, hey, I want to go on dates so that I can sleep with people. Yeah. Or some people go on dates because they're desperate for marriage. Yes, which and usually doesn't work. Neither of those I would prescribe as the right way to go on a date or yes. the right reason to be dating. So our view of relationships and our view of our relationship is that uh, it's a commitment. That's It's not always going to be like sunshine and rainbows. It's not always going to be fun. There will be sacrifices, pain, tears um, involved. But when we zoom out and look at our relationship in the long run, so we've now known each other for nine years? Nine, almost 10 years. All of those sacrifices have been worth it mm-hmm. to create this shared life, shared memories, shared family together. Do you, do you agree with that? I agree. I have two <laughs> yeah, thoughts. No, no, I have two thoughts going back to like everything you just said. So I feel like, Andrew, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like you and I both approached dating in a similar way. Like I remember guys that I went on a date with and, you know, we started to have like a fling, but I very quickly was like, I don't really want to see them again because I know they're not it. Like I know I can't see myself spending the rest of my life with them. So why invest the time and effort? Mm -hmm. And I think that's my personality where I truly was looking for a connection and not just flings. Yeah. Physical flings. Which some people do. And it is worth sharing Sean and I's background, which is both of our parents are still married. They've Mm -hmm. been married for decades, like 30, 40, 50 years almost. I think my parents have been married 40 40 some, almost 50. So that's kind of the context that we were raised in Mm -hmm. and our expectations as we were looking. So I think being aware of, of what background you come from and what your natural tilt will be as you're navigating this landscape of like, hey, you know what? I, all the role models in my life mm-hmm. were date, dating often or they got married and divorced several times. Yeah. And so like it kind of sets what your expectations are. But anyway. I think that ties into another episode that we've done if you guys haven't heard it, which is the goal setting. I think you truly, based on your background, based on your personality, based on your lifestyle, what your wants and needs are, you truly have to sit down and say, what do I want in a spouse? What mm-hmm. do I want in a partner and someone that I'm looking for to date? Because if you come from, say, broken marriages, whether it's you personally or your family, and you don't want that, yeah, you need to like actively put that in your sights of like, this is what I'm looking for. Well, and to zoom out further, I, it ties into another episode we've done, which is the goal setting, vision setting. Uh, and what... What will That's a success? No, you yours was a successful spouse. I said it reminds me of our goal setting episode. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the other one that we did. Oh, no. Well, we have done two, so we're Good both right. we're both Lord. right. But it's like, what do you? What's gonna create a fulfilling life for you? And that could look different for other other people. I have another thought. You got, you're chock full of them today. I'm very passionate about this because okay. I feel like this is what we're going to be teaching our kids. Okay. Another thing, and we've seen this firsthand with our friends, we've experienced it firsthand, a spouse, a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend will not f- like fulfill your life. I don't know how to say that. Right. It's more, I, I think, enhancing. If you aren't happy mm. and you feel a void, a, a partner is not going to fix that. That's deep. So I truly believe like we have friends who are in that desperate phase of marriage where they're just desperately looking to like 
fill a void and they can't find someone. But I think that's not because they can't find someone. I think that's because they have to fix themselves. So you truly, before you go into dating, you have to say, like, you have to work on yourself. You have to be very confident, very fulfilled in who you are to find someone to kind of do life with. You can't look for someone to make life, like, purposeful for you. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. These past few years have been extremely hard for so many people. And being isolated doesn't help when you need someone to talk to. Speaking of that, I wanted to give a shout out to one brand that we've loved working with, and that's BetterHelp. BetterHelp actually helps to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Yes, they are awesome. You can even start communicating in under 48 hours with your matched therapist. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Yes, and it is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which we love. So visit betterhelp.com forward slash Eastfam. That's better H-E-L-P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Our Couple Things listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com forward slash Eastfam. All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet and Bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, This has to do with science, but especially with Bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to Bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the Colorful Chemistry Kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept him really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors, and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids, and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com, promo code COUPLE. And one thing that helps us in that process, or I think is helpful, is looking at the patterns that have formed over your past relationships or what's gone right, like within your friend group or has, do you look back on relationships with your friends and you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, there's so many close friends that I had that ended poorly. Mm -hmm. Like there's been a lot of drama involved and 
looking at the big picture patterns helps because it's like, oh, hey, maybe you maybe you're the dramatic one and you should be aware of that. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you if you look at the pattern of how conflicts pan out and how you argue, you withdraw or you get too aggressive and being aware of of what your patterns are, I feel like is a primer in knowing whether you're ready to date. But the other factors are, you know, we have a lot of friends who are super career oriented and they just don't have it in their time or schedule Mm -hmm. uh, to make time to like sacrifice to go on dates or like Mm -hmm. to put in the literally time investment that's required Mm -hmm. to cultivate a relationship. Also, do you have the money and energy to go on dates Mm -hmm. in the season of life you're in? You could be a single mom with kids running around and that complicates things, right? Not to say you can't do it, but are you up for it? Dating is work, just like marriage is work. So you have to be prepared to like put in the work. Yeah. And I want to harp on what Sean said not too long ago that having uh, self-confidence and feeling secure with yourself and who you are and what you're made to do and what your purpose is and, and what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. You got to be happy with yourself mm-hmm. before uh, you you can really be happy with someone else. Like there, there is no, Hey, this relationship is going to be a bandaid to all of my problems in life. That just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. It'll probably actually make the wound more apparent or make your insecurities more apparent because it's the, that's the beauty and the tough thing about long-term committed relationships like marriage where all of my faults are exposed because. Because I point them out. <laughs> no, that's just the way it goes. And it's good because if you have the mindset that, hey, the fault is now exposed so I can work on it and I have an accountability partner in that, then that's a good way to approach it. But if you're trying to find out like a one-stop shop for I don't know. Fixing your life issues. This isn't it. I was going to say the same thing. I think whatever is going on in your life, insecurities, self-doubt, confidence, career problems, good or bad, will be enhanced with a partner. Truly. Because, for example, I remember with Andrew, I... When we started dating, I was still dealing with eating disorders and, like, body image, like, massive body image issues. And... I was dealing with them by myself. And then when we started dating, I felt this like immense pressure to hide that from Andrew. Cause I thought that would be like unattractive to him, which in turn almost made everything worse because I would try to act really cool and eat a burger when that was something that I hadn't really like overcome yet in front of him. But then I would hide myself for a couple of days, like purging and not eating because I was trying to make up for it, which, like I said, it's just whatever issues you have are usually enhanced and you have to be very upfront with them and work on yourself before you have someone else to kind of join. I've never heard this story. Yeah. Dang, babe. It's okay. I'm sorry. You don't have to eat the right food to be cool on my book. (laughs) No, I agree. I just, I was still going through a battle, you know, and I will say something that is cool when you find the right person is Andrew really encouraged me even before he knew all of like my eating disorder stuff. Um, 
he was one of the first people that made me feel truly loved no matter who I was or what I looked like or like I felt like you loved me from the inside out first um which gave me the confidence to then go work on myself even more and overcome my issues I do love you babe thank you baby I'm sorry okay I will funny story and it has come full circle so like I have my eating disorders under control. I've worked on it with a therapist and nutritionist for 10 years, but you and I got to giggling not too long ago about one of our first dates here in Nashville, how you said you noticed the quantity, the ratio of guacamole to chip that we had. Cause we went to a Mexican restaurant and Guacamama I was eating like Cita. all guacamole and no chips, but the real story was I was petrified and terrified to eat carbs. What the heck? This is so outside my realm of understanding. <laughs> it is. What it is, heck? but it's just, it's just funny because you were like, I definitely noticed that. And in my head, I'm like, well, that was part of an issue that I was dealing with. So I've never heard this. Yeah. But on the flip side of that too, you don't want to put on a relationship something that it's not ready for. So you don't want to be talking about, you know, all of your baggage on the first day, probably. Right. You don't want to talk about all the baggage on the first day. You can talk about goals and expectations. I'm just saying there's a time and place for things. So if you came in, you're like, Hey, my life's a mess. My life's a wreck. I'm not going to be like, Oh, that's a perfect spouse for me necessarily. Maybe not for you. I, <laughs> and that's where it takes discernment. I would really challenge that. I, really I, challenge that. I am holding actually my ground on this one. I don't disagree with you. Because I think if you are a person that needs, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying it takes discernment. Like you have to know, hey, this is a fine time for me to share this. And this relationship's ready for it. It could be the first date. I'm not saying that it's not. But sometimes it won't be. Bro. I know, but <laughs> our, our um, relationship didn't call for that. But I think there are probably relationships from day one where someone needs to be like listen i have three kids sure yes i'm divorced that's not baggage three kids I is not came... baggage so then what's baggage i'm saying like if you show up on a, and we have a half hour at a coffee shop and you say hi i think you're the person that i'm gonna marry that's not gonna that's, that's not, not gonna lead to that's a second not step. baggage i'm just saying you, you understand saying... my point no, you you're you don't digging yourself out of a out. grave. I am not. Yes, you are. I feel passionate about You started out saying, don't unleash all of your baggage on someone on the first date. And then you say, I'm going to marry you. That's not baggage. I'm just saying not everything is. is if I should have put our first right date now. and I was like, first date. And you took me to a burger joint. And I said, I'm going to be fully honest with you. Like I come from a gymnastics background. I struggled with an eating disorder for many years, but I'm I'm really working on it now. Do you think we could go somewhere else to eat? How would that have come across to you? That would have been fine. Then, then you are contradicting your baggage statement. No, I'm saying it could be on the first date, but sometimes it won't be. <laughs> if I showed up on the first date and was like, hey, I uh, just got out of prison because I was um, addicted to drugs. I think if you are a, a, a potential partner who can deal with that, you'll probably be able to deal with that on the first date. Okay. Because I, I say all this and I challenge you because 
I was talking to a friend of mine who is in the dating world and she was really working on her profile on one of the dating apps. And she was like, I'm afraid to put this picture because I don't want it to look like I'm too consumed with work. And I was like, you know what? You absolutely love your work. So why not show someone that on like upfront so they know what they're getting into? You don't want to put on a facade. No, but first impressions do matter. And if I lead with drugs, that kind of affirms that my identity still is like in drugs where it's like, Hey, here's all the things I'm excited about. And if the conversation comes with, Oh, well, why haven't you done it for the last three years? Well, I was actually in jail because of yada, yada, yada. You think you would okay, rather hear got, that on the third date than the, the first for the, date? For the sake of time. Wow. First I, impressions matter. They do, but I also think honesty and transparency 100%. is so important in a relationship. So I don't think the first date should be like, oh, I'm... I'm not saying lie. I'm... I think we're saying the same thing. All right. And then also you want to have a goal in mind. Like, what are you actually dating for? So is it to go to homecoming dance or is it to find a spouse? There's a range. Okay. Anyway. How do you meet someone? Yes. This is what Andrew and I did when we were dating. And I think you have to do this for you. Write down your hobbies. What do you love? What do you dislike? So if you don't drink alcohol, you should probably not go meet someone at a bar. Yeah, but yeah, the drinking necessarily is not a hobby. But like, hey, I love riding bikes. I love going to the park. I yeah. love trees. I, I love, love going to museums. Out. I love going to, yeah. I love Mexican food. I love Chinese food, whatever. Find your hobbies and like actively go to those places and spark conversation and like meet people. Yeah. Don't go to places that are opposite of your hobbies or your lifestyle because you don't want to attract someone who's not a part of what you like. It sounds so obvious, but you're right. And I think getting involved, like not just being a spectator in life, but actually getting involved. So if you're into video games, like go to the next video game conference nearby you and like meet people. Maybe you'll meet your spouse, but if you love dogs and you don't have a dog, go to a dog park. It would be kind of <laughs> creepy, but maybe you'll find someone else there. Uh, but, and also if you don't know what your hobbies are, then think about what are you passionate about? What do you really love doing? And if you can't answer that question, sit down with people like your parents, your friends, your teachers, your mentors, and be like, hey, what is it that you think I'm good at? What is it that you see me excel at or you see me excited about? So you have, that's where it helps to really have a tight-knit community. So get involved in the things that you love doing, your hobbies, et cetera. Now, huge, huge like factor and tip when you're trying to meet someone is be open-minded. And I learned this firsthand. I was one of those very cliche girls who had my list and my exact type of person that I was looking for when I was young and dating. And I remember if anybody came my way who didn't like fit that type, I was like, oh, it's not going to work. And I was so close-minded when it came to opportunity that I turned down like the opportunity to meet a lot of really awesome people. And even after Andrew and I's first Thank date, <laughs> after Andrew and I's first date, I was like, I don't know. He doesn't check every single box, but I was open-minded enough to give him another shot. And then I was like, wow, he's actually better than like the list I put together. Yeah. And I actually think there's something to the saying that to know is to love. Truly. So as soon as you started understanding my quirks and my sense of humor and, yes. oh, hey, he's kidding when he talks about things like this or he's super serious and emotional when, he, when he does this. he's super nerdy. Yeah. Then uh, like you kind of can uh, understand and build empathy for someone. Yes. But are you already on to the next point? Yeah. No. I want to talk about how do you meet someone? Because this is where the internet actually 
people talk about, oh, social media destroys meaningful relationships that can, but it can also really enhance. And so if you view the internet as a way to find uh, groups and find people to actually meet up with in real life and enhance your real life, I think it can be great. So like there's the, the internet has so many little sub communities and niche communities where it's, if, if you like the Harry Potter book club, dude in Nashville, what was it? LARPing? LARPing. Live action role play in the park. Is it LARKing? Live action. No, I think it was LARP. It was like um, people with swords and shields like would yeah. do would do sword fights. Yeah. If you're into that, find a club. But And you could find a club on the internet. So I think, I think that that's a good way to approach the internet. Not like, hey, this is where I'm going to, I'm going to date someone online that I've never met and don't have plans to meet. For the next three years. I have Probably some supporting statistics for online dating. Okay. I know we've kind of like doused it, but I do agree with Andrew, what Andrew is saying. Like there is definitely potential. You just have to be very intentional. Um, there's over 5,000 dating sites and apps operating worldwide at this very moment. That's crazy. More wow. than 32 million U.S. citizens are using dating apps. That's like almost 10%. Yeah. Over 70% of dating app users have had successful first dates. Wow. Like how they say first dates and not relationships. <laughs> <laughs> Women in their 20s receive the most messages and likes. Again, I kind of read that as a red flag. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's where people catfish. I'm going to post myself and pose myself as a female in their 20s. And I also think that's like probably older partners of varying ages thinking that's like the optimal spouse when yeah i don't want to get old with you babe i want to get old with you the online dating is is i've i think it's amazing but it does leave room for manipulation and people to take advantage of you so as the pool of candidates grow so also does the uh potential mistrust so you just got to be on the lookout you hear horror stories you know about yeah People Lit either getting catfished, posing as people they're not, or bad people that you meet up with in real life that are not good. Let's also like run through some checklist items if you are single and you've never really done the online dating world before or dating world in general. If you're going on a first date with someone you've never, you've never met, tell someone you're going. Mm -hmm. Give them your location. Mm -hmm. Don't take any like strange drinks from people. Don't leave your drink at the table. Um, like if you leave to go to the bathroom and this is me being skeptical, but this is also me being a mom. If you're sitting with a date for the first time, okay. And you get like a drink, like cocktail or something and you get up to go to the bathroom, order a new one when you come back. I know it's more money, but you need to do it. That's so sad to me that people do, do bad things like spike it, drinks. It is so sad, but it's also a precaution that you need to take because People can be anybody on the internet yeah, and I'll, you have to kind of start over when you meet them in person and actually learn if you can trust them. Also probably meeting up in a public space, like a restaurant. Or, don't go to their house. And don't go to a super remote rural area. Probably don't go for a walk I'm in just, the middle of the woods. <laughs> These are just our random thoughts. This is not planned, but okay. So <gasps> I have another one. Okay. Let's be smart and not just like willingly throw out our address to people. On your first date with someone you've never met, let's not let them pick you up from your house. Let's meet them there. Sean 
this is something that I've grown in sensitivity towards just because Sean's background, she's had people who try to find the address, try to find that phone number, et cetera. So I actually probably think it's a good practice though for anybody. Absolutely. Um, it's better to be cautious than sorry. So how do you feel about, you know, our first date, you weren't immediately hooked, right? There is a, I'm going to put this out there and try to phrase it well. There's kind of a good enough threshold, right? Yes. Like we all kind of have these lists, whether you actually write them down or not, of what you want in a spouse. You kind of have expectations, mm -hmm. right? And I think there's probably a point that you meet someone and you're like, oh, hey, you know what? They, she had blonde hair and not dark brown like I wanted. Wow. <laughs> Was that too close to home? <laughs> Yeah, Andrew really wanted dark brown to black hair. And a bob. That's the <laughs> weird. I would say I would say this. I think everybody deserves a second date unless there's like a blaring red flag that you cannot get over. I think it's glaring, but glaring. Blaring? Who's blaring? blaring? It's like blaring. Glare. <laughs> it's glaring. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. I do think had I not given Andrew a second chance and I will say this after the first date, I was intrigued. There were like little things about him that like interested me and I thought were cute, but I just couldn't see it. I was like, I just don't know. And so I probably would have just been like, nah, pass, move on. But he kept pursuing me. And so I was like, fine, I'll go on a second date. And I literally fell in love with him on the second date. So I truly believe everybody deserves a second date unless there is a glaring issue That's that you cannot get over. When you first said that, I, I disagreed with you, was my instinct, but I think I kind of agree with everyone deserves a second date. Well, you also think too, on your first date, everyone's nervous. Everyone's trying to like show the other person what they think they want. And I feel like your guard is kind of let down a little bit more on your second date. And you get to know someone a little bit better than you did on the first. And so you get to know, are we actually progressing forward or is this still just like a meh? Yeah. Are you excited for the second date? Do you think there's truth to the saying, don't judge a book by its cover? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Andrew and I have talked about this. I think you have to be physically attracted to someone. I don't think it has to be the most physically attractive person in the entire world because I think a personality will make someone more attractive. Um, but I, I do I do believe don't judge a book by his cover is true. I'm going to make an analogy here that the physical mm -hmm. attraction is like the tip of the iceberg, but the actual personality and getting to know someone is the meat of. Yes. Because like, I'm so attracted to you now, but it's more important that I'm actually interested in you. I did not know what was coming there. <laughs> I know you didn't. But I wasn't attracted to you when we first got together. Nah, I, uh, I. Let's finish this, that. But you were. This is so, the whole, the whole, hey, this is not my type of person. Mm -hmm. Like hair color, height is so annoying to me. Wow. No, I'm not talking about you oh specifically, God. dude. I know, babe. I don't have the hair color you wanted and I wasn't as tall as you wanted. It's kind of like this balance of, all right, she's short, but she's also like a, a pretty good athlete. So where does that, <laughs> I'm kidding. 
I'm wow. kidding. But we each know people that have not even opened the door to the idea of dating because someone was too short. Yes. Or didn't, not even, didn't like live the, let's just, I'll just say it. Like didn't make enough money that they, as much as mm-hmm. they wanted. It was the fact that they weren't in the right career making that amount of money. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there's little things where I feel like if you're being nitpicky like that with, I'm going to call them derivative issues, mm-hmm. not the main point. It's going to be kind of tough for you to jump into a relationship with this person who's going to have so many issues, so many faults and so many things wrong with them and be like, oh, hey, this is great. I'm going to be really honest here. What? Okay. What? I want to talk about this issue, the money issue, because it drives me crazy. Okay. From people. The height thing drives me crazy, but you you take the. So Andrew and I were in very, very different financial situations when we started dating. College kid. I was a college kid. Andrew was a college kid. I had had my entire Olympic career already. You were a pro, pro athlete for nine years. Yes. And I owned a home. I owned my own car. I paid my expenses to travel around the world. And again, Andrew was in college living in a dorm and he just lived a very different lifestyle. And I, again, was one of those girls that kind of grew up in society thinking, oh, you have to, you have to find someone who's wealthy, right? So they can take care of you, all these things. But you're talking about like Hollywood. That's the world that was telling That's the Hollywood world, which I hate because that was one of the first, like not one of the first, that was one of the reasons where I was like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work because I thought our lifestyles were so different. But when I met you the second time, it was so apparent. You had such a drive and such a like passion for challenges and you, you wanted to succeed in life, not necessarily even like with wealth or money of any kind, but you like, you, you had a drive to you. And it just told me that I know we're going to be okay in life. And I don't mean that financially. I just mean like, perspective we had we had the same goals of challenging ourselves and i knew that like i related to that and so in my mind it wasn't even about money as it was matching personalities and i think that's what connected us and ultimately showed me that there's something bigger than just looking for someone who has a paycheck you have to be at a certain phase though to not get caught up on things like that like a certain level of maturity you do and to be blatantly honest here i was living in hollywood i had been on dates we i don't know if we we've kind of talked about this on the podcast i had been on dates with guys who did everything so lavishly would pick you up in a really nice car and take you to the nicest restaurant and pay for the most expensive whatever and it all just seemed so superficial to me so when i went on the first i went when i went on the second date with andrew in nashville Every single thing he did was so intentional and genuine that it it exceeded anything money could buy. And I had never I had never seen someone be that intentional or genuine. It was it was incredible. And it didn't have to do with money. I'm debating on doing a whole separate episode on my friend and the tragedy that's happened. Mm-hmm. But it's not about the cars or the money or the height or the looks. It's about purpose. Like that's just it. It's like 
you were fine dating me even though I didn't have a job because you knew that we were always going to wake up together feeling purposeful Mm -hmm. and feeling excited about whatever was going on in our life. And that's the most important thing. That's it. Like, do you feel like you were put here on the planet for a purpose? And are you walking down the path of actually fulfilling it? Mm -hmm. Which brings us to the next idea of when you go on the date, when you show up, you got to have confidence and it's not like this arrogance. You don't want to be, that certainly is a turnoff when mm-hmm. you're like, hey, I got everything figured out and this is me and look, I'm dope and look at my watch, stuff <laughs> like that. It's like, it's having confidence that you're good enough, mm-hmm. Sean, and like your humor is good enough. And this is all within the bounds of respectfulness. This is all, you know, I'm, I'm, there's caveats like you're being thoughtful, you're being respectful, you're watching out for others, you're not being gossipy, yada, yada. But like, you can have confidence in yourself. I truly believe, I've said this a thousand times, each and every one of you listening was put here on a planet for a reason and you are exceptionally qualified to do something or speak about something in a way that no one else can except for you. And there's a certain confidence that you glean when you understand that. And this is where faith and religion and and whatever you want to call it spirituality comes in where it's like that kind of is the root of it for us but like do you think that that you matter and can make a difference and does your confidence come from that and having confidence in yourself when you're dating i think is so important because you have to have enough confidence in yourself to be treated the way you deserve if you don't have enough confidence yeah what? Go ahead. no go ahead you don't have enough confidence in yourself you're going to let yourself date someone get in a relationship with someone that you aren't compatible with because if you don't feel like you're deserving or like you can attract someone then you probably can't because if you're not is this making sense no 100 percent. i do think though like some people feel entitled to like oh hey you know you're not good enough for me I don't mean it like that. I just mean from. Yeah. I think, I think if you have insecurities about your worth, you're going to let yourself be taken advantage of. Not in a physical way, just in, just in like, in a sense of, oh, if this is the only person I can get to love me, Uh, yeah, yeah. then you're devaluing yourself to actually find a person you love to spend life with. Dang, dude. Preach, girl. I pray that no one out there does that, you know? I did. Dang. That was one of my biggest fears in getting out of a long-term relationship was I didn't know if someone else was out there that could love me. Dang. It sounds very dramatic and depressing, but I think it's insecurities that a lot of people have. Like, what if there's no one else? That's crazy. And if you felt that, I can't like I can mm-hmm. imagine that other people also feel that. There is some qualities though when you meet someone. Back to first impressions, confidence does create attractiveness. I think, mm-hmm. or it's like, hey, no, this person, and it goes back to knowing what you want out of life, like being confident in that, and being able to speak about what you're excited about. And, and being confident like hey i'm putting myself out there that sean might think that me being super into harry potter is dorky and dweeby but 
I'm confident enough to know that I love that and I'm not going to hide that. And that's not just confidence. There's another huge bullet point we have, which is above all, be yourself because that is more than enough. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a date with someone who doesn't, who makes fun of and rejects the, the, the fact that you love Harry Potter and they're like convicted with that, that's not your person. That's not someone you want to spend the rest of your life with. If they can't support your quirks and your hobbies and your passions, that's not someone you want to partner with. Yeah. And by support, you don't necessarily mean like coddle that. No. It could be like, hey, Sean's into it and I can make fun of her in a loving way about that. Like, yes. That could be supporting where it's like, I'm, I totally want to give you space and time to pursue that passion. Yes. But I can also make fun of you. For sure. And like, that's just how it manifests in some relationships. You want someone who loves you for you. And supports you for you. And no, they don't have to share in the same hobbies or interests. They don't have to love Harry Potter. I love that this is Harry Potter because I'm a Harry Potter dweeb. Um, they don't have to love Harry Potter, but they want to. They need to support the fact that you love it. And I will tell you this firsthand because I made this mistake as well in relationships. It is beyond exhausting being someone you're not. Whether it is how you act, what you wear, what you listen to, what you read, your hobbies, your interests if you're trying to put on a facade that you are someone different than you are, you're going to hit a point where you're just tired of it. Yeah. And in the long run, you don't want to have to play a role. No, that was the first thing Andrew and I did when we started dating. Cause we both came out of relationships where we changed who we were for the other person. When we first started dating, we were like, you know what? I'm just going to be upfront. I'm going to be who I am. And if this doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it made it refreshing. Cause we both knew that we weren't being fake. Yeah. This episode of Couple Things is also brought to you by Element. I'm obsessed with the new company that we have partnered with and cannot believe that more people don't know about them. Well, tell them about it, babe. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. It contains science-backed electrolyte ratio, which is 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited for people who are following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet. You don't have to worry about all the fillers. And I love the fact that I can use it for my after workout recovery because I know it will replace that sodium that I just lost. I'm a huge sweater, so yes, having the proper electrolytes comes in clutch. Element is used by everyone from NBA, NFL, and NHL, and NHL players to Olympic athletes to the everyday parent. Element is so sure that you'll love their product and come back for more that they're offering you a free Element sample pack. That's eight single serving packets for free. Just cover the cost of shipping, which is $5 for US customers and get your drinks at drinkelement.com forward slash eastfam. This deal is not available on their regular website. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and we'll give your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. You must go to drinklmnt.com forward slash eastfam. They have tons of flavors too. We'll link it down below. Were you ever scared to like go on a date with me? Absolutely. I was super scared to ask you on a date. Really? But there's, and this is the whole beautiful thing about relationships. You have to put yourself out there a you little do. bit. And like, and like you're, it's uncomfortable. Make you kinda bold just You kind of just got to embrace that. I also want to say making bold moves, kind of like asking someone on a date. Stop listening to the world who says that girls can't ask guys out and you can't respond within the first 24 hours. Like all these dumb things. You can't text multiple times. Don't listen to it. 
if that's who you are and that's what you want to do, do it. Stop trying uh, to play the games. I kind of see differently on this. <sighs> I know I, this is this episode has brought out some some difference in perspectives. I don't think like the whole, hey, this is who you are. Like there are some parts of me that I don't need, like that should not be shared or I should not pursue. Like there's some, it's it's not all about me being me. What are these parts of you? I'm, that- <laughs> I'm just saying like <laughs> selfishness. It's like, hey, this is no. just you. But you see what I'm saying? There's a yes, line to that logic. There is a line to it. but And I also think being aware of what situation is like con- contextually, if you come up for, Sorry, if I come from a super traditional family where it's like super weird if a girl asks me on a date and you want to ask me on a date, I don't know. I'm not saying don't do it. you're probably not compatible. I'm just saying you got to be aware of the context. And there's a process to that that looks different than Sean just asking me on a date. I'm just saying, saying don't play the games. Just be up front. Yeah. I do think being bold though. Is good. And had I not sent you eight texts in a row without response. Point made. What? You're saying a girl probably shouldn't ask a guy out on a date if it's a whatever. Everybody in the world would say don't send eight texts in a row. But you did it. <laughs> I knew the context. That I would accept it? This chick doesn't respond to text messages. All of your best friends to this day could still yeah, testify yeah, I don't, to that. I don't respond to text I messages. I knew the context. So it was like, oh... It's not me badgering her or being <laughs> overly tough. It's like, no, she's just not responding. <laughs> but that's specific to us. Anyway, here are some other interesting stats. 28 is the average age people meet their spouse, according to the modern gentleman. So if you're younger than that, there's hope. And if you're older than that, there's hope. Were you going to give the next one or, or you want me to? All right. 94% of females believe in true love while only 88% of men do. Also, I was hesitant to read these because I don't want these to be discouraging to people. No, it's fine. These are just average this statistics. Not, yeah. If you are outside of this, that does not mean anything. The average number of relationships before marriage um, for men is six and five for women. Sorry, what? Yeah. The average what? Number of relationships uh, uh, before uh, marriage. Okay. What do you think of it? I don't know. I was super confused. Don't be discouraged. We know people who have gotten married at age 38, who've gotten married at age 45. 64. Older. Don't get discouraged. There is hope. I think if you continue to pursue your passion and your purpose, and you're confident in that, then if it is... uh if you want to marry, if you want to find a spouse, they're probably out there. Not yes. to say that you're going to get married like that. It's just not in the cards for some people. Um, but it could happen. So don't give up the hope. You don't know? give up. They're out there. Have fun with it. Challenge yourself. Be bold. Be who you are. And yeah. yeah dating is a fun. It's a phase that you don't get back. We can't date now. We don't get the, the pleasure of meeting strangers. We get to date each other every single day. Yes, it's different though. It's different. It is. So enjoy it. Thank you for listening to this. Uh, Hope you uh, enjoyed it. Hope you found value from it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Please subscribe to this show. Rate it if you made it this far along. And we'll see you back next week. That's all we got. I'm Andrew. I'm Sean. We're the East Fam. Out.
All right, real quick for all of those listening out there. We don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.